Welcome to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Let's get to know each other. Let's How you been, that. man? I've been good. 60-hour work weeks are fucking Yeah, good. they do week, suck. Week before 4th of July weekend when you work for a beverage uh, uh, company. Yeah, it's yeah. a little rough, a little tough, whatever. Yeah. Hey, I got holiday pay on top of overtime yesterday, so yeah. you know what I mean? Summer when you work for a paint company. Yep, 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 yep. Just to both of us, we've just been getting, yeah. you know, I've wondered, you know, they're working us to the bone. I've wondered if secretly, like my 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 company, um, maybe even your company too, what if they're actually trying to work us to death because it's actually a satanic cult and we're the sacrifices? Uh, they're like, yes, Beelzebub, I will hire this person <laughs> and he will go and he will work himself to the bone in the name of your glory. Yeah. I, I get that feeling sometimes. I I think that's just the corporate structure. Yeah, right. It's kind of like, you know what? Here's how you make money. Run lean and work your people to death. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we're for in our yeah. jobs. Is so, being, that's why we're here. We're making we're making a better life for ourselves. Yeah. And, and I mean at least you're at least you're hourly. Oh yeah, right. So, that too. Yeah. yeah. No. no I'm slavery. So yeah, right. All no. my extra hours are just 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 drops in the bucket yeah, for him. Yeah, I was going to say. So, uh, you're a week out Jerk from things. the cutting. Yes, the the surgery. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get in and I'm going to immediately turn and I'm going to run. <laughs> and then my doc, my surgeon, my surgeon, yeah. he's he's, he's going to put he's going to be like, "Hand me Lucy." And it's a giant rifle with a dart in it. It's like <laughs> an elephant dart. He's like, Ch-ch-ch. "He's going to have to shoot me in the back." With a dart to capture me. So uh, they're probably going to dose you on Valley or, probably yeah, right when you walk in the door. Yeah, something. I don't know. Something to get me going. I don't I'm not actually that, that, that stressed about, about, yeah. about it. I mean, I do feel the same way you do about it. I like joking about it a yeah. lot, you know. Um, what I really wanted to do is because they were talking about the two ways they were going to put me under um, – because they're going to work on my ankle. I, uh, I have uh, what is called osteochondral lesion of the talus where I broke it a year ago. And basically the cartilage is not growing anymore but the doc says a patch of weeds is better than nothing where you can't have grass so they're going to go in and they're going to poke some holes in my ankle try to get some some cartilage to go there um and so i don't have pain in my ankle and i can walk on it now see i was reading an article earlier this week about uh people that eat the cartilage from their fun in the trash right now is what it looks like zelda's literally getting into the trash right behind us for those of you who don't know Zelda, Zelda is the smaller of the dogs in the uh, Schmelz household. Come here, baby. Come here, Zelda. Come here, Zelda. Uh, uh, ankles Where's my thick black wiener? Keep talking. Anyway. <laughs> so. Uh, She's there, though. Yeah. When I can catch her, I'll hold her up for everyone to yeah, see. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, She'll scream. What was I saying? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, ankle surgery. Oh, yeah. I was reading an article about how uh, people that eat the cartilage from their when they eat meat or yeah, yeah, wings. Basically like the, what the both of us do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually have an easier time with cartilage and arthritis over really? time because you're taking it in and it just piles into where your cartilage is. Nice. So I've always had this theory that I what's like, wrong with me then? <sighs> Shit. I don't know. Maybe not enough wings. Yeah, you're right. I should eat more wings for sure. Maybe more ribs. Take my hoodie off there. Not sure. Double Star Wars. I dig it. You have no idea. (laughs) 
Kylo Ren is represented. You know what? Maybe we'll do this now. We'll just do this now. We'll make it work. Please don't scream when I pick you up, baby girl. There she is. The thick black wiener. There she is. I'm holding Rich's thick black wiener right now. Hi, sweet pea. Who's your girl? Stay out of the trash or I'll whoop you. Thanks for not screaming when I picked you up, Zelda. Let's just do this now, okay? Okay. Because you were talking about wanting to show off earlier. I'm wearing the shirt. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, jeez. This is the Kylo, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren Foster. underpants. Yep. Yes. Nice. I was wearing a Star Wars, a Star Wars hoodie. Um, I was wearing a Star Wars hoodie, but uh, and 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 then I put on those underwear today, and then I put on the shirt, and I was like, I might have to show the, show the guys that I'm like matching today. <laughs> now, unbeknownst to me, when we get in here to start recording the Nerdcast, first words out of my mouth are, "It's going to sound kind of weird, but I want to show you guys my underwear." And Daniel just makes this face like, God damn it. Yeah, no, that's the face I made. <laughs> so, every time, every time. Every time. I it's can't really even, strange. Oh my gosh. So, <sighs> this might be somewhat not safe for work. There's so, a reason we're here. You know, to, um, the video is not safe for work. Yes. The audio is like whatever. So, you know what I mean? So, my underwear. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Master of the Bone Zone. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> can you see past the mic? No. Okay, so here's here's Skeletor of He-Man, uh, using his little wand staff yeah, to Master shoot. Master of the Bone Zone. Master of the Bone Zone. Wow. Yes. I had the boxers. Uh, you can't see. See, yours is way cooler than mine because on the front of mine is the same as the back. Mine is just Kylo Ren on the front and the back. Uh, yours says something funny in the front, Master now. of the Bone Zone, and then in the back you've got Skeletor, cute little. Yeah, these, cartoon Skeletor doing the, that. Yes. These were designed by Hairbrained Designs. Hairbrained Designs. Hairbrained.com. Were they soft? I wanted to They're reach really out to comfy. feel how soft they were, but then I realized I'd be cupping your junk. They're really comfy. So I wouldn't be... Okay. I, at Comic-Con, I got three pair. Oh, they were at Comic-Con? Yes. Okay. They had a booth at Comic-Con. a lot. Okay. I got three pair. I got these. <laughs> I've got one with the four Ghostbusters on the back. Oh. And on the front, it says, Bustin' makes me feel good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And then I love it. A third pair with on the back holding a glass of scotch, Ron Burgundy. Okay. And on the front it says, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> oh man, you're just so, gonna you're gonna have to wear a new pair of these to each, yep, each pretty much. show and then pretty show much. us your show us your underwear. Yep, you're gonna now, see a lot know, of my junk. Maybe we'll get flagged on YouTube. Um I think it's like blatant obviously nudity doesn't fly. I wonder what, what styles of nudity because I know on Twitch they made it so you can't be shirtless. I think they actually have models modeling the underwear. Yeah, 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 yeah. On that YouTube, too. Maybe so that's what it, I don't know. I don't I think, think it you would, would be fly. fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. We can we can just show off our underwear all the time if we want to. Next time I wear my Captain America. I mean, there's shirt. no cock flap, so exactly. there's no like risk of exposure. No, not at all. There you go. Put one in the timestamp. Possible, <laughs> Possible blurring. Oh well, that wouldn't be fun. Well, I don't know. It'd also be kind of funny. It might be pretty blur over yeah. it to do that. That's really funny. So, anyways, yeah, no, the ankle surgery. There's that. I asked if they said there's two ways we can do this. We can just put you under with anesthesia, or we can give you a, a lower spine shot that will just numb everything from the the waist down. And I said, well, being you know someone who really likes to make videos, would I be able to like record the surgery but also play a video game if you did the spine shot, <laughs> <laughs> where I just have a video on me doing a let's play, but then a video on you guys cutting into my ankle and stabbing it in the bone? 
And my, yeah, my wife was like, no, HIPAA will never allow that. <laughs> yeah, no. They're like, no, they're not going to let you do that at all. No one wants a camera on them when they're performing yeah. surgery. Nobody Despite go- the fact that I'm sure this is like the gazillionth time this guy has done this. I'm sure. Another reason I'm not actually concerned about yeah. the surgery. He said on a scale of 10, it's a 2. You know, uh, realistically, being adult, I'm like, whatever, I need this, so I'm going to do it. I'm not, you know, like, you know, um, like some people I don't understand with, uh, or you know, my, my dad and my father-in-law both just hate the doctor. Yeah. And they don't go at all. Uh, if they can help it. Yeah. Unless they unless they come incredibly close to dying, they don't go. <laughs> yeah, I, so it's a little frustrating. <laughs> I regularly go to the doctor just. Not really out of any concern or anything. Right. Just kind of like. Being intelligent. Yeah. Keeping your shit together. Hey, you know what? I have this weird ache. Mm -hmm. It's been Mm -hmm. there for a while. And the doctor could be like, "Eh, you know what? That's just getting old, dude. Pretty much. Or you can be like, well, that's not supposed to happen. Let's look into this. Yeah. Um, Based on what my insurance will cover is how I decide my doctors. Yeah, that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to America. Anyway. (laughs) So uh, I've recently started going to a new doctor because the doctor that I had that I absolutely fucking loved retired to teach in San Antonio. Oh, no. How dare he? And I miss his office because his office was very uh, LGBTQI friendly. Okay. And not that I'm into that per se, but I am an ally. Exactly. No, we're allies and we can support, which we do. Yeah. So you, he always had copies of like Outfront magazine sitting ah, in there, and everything. Nice. And it's it's very interesting to me to check out different news sources, right? And read their take on different things, exactly. Because you'll get objective journalism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's very, very, very rare to find truly objective journalism. Everybody's got their spin. Everybody's got their way of looking at things you can't really have a news article that's wishy-washy right in any way which unfortunately it were you know those who live in the shades of gray are perceived yeah as such so yeah and it's it seems like most of the news sources lately are either wildly liberal or wildly conservative so true so it's kind of like i'll read the i'll read the far right article and i'll read the far left article and i will try and find the truth in the middle okay and that's always a challenge. Just no, it always is. <laughs> it's a challenge for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 it's. Yeah. We all live with the struggle yeah. <laughs> of living in the middle, being in the middle, and then seeing you know like just uh, between media and the government trying to force us to be so cookie cutter. Yeah. So very cookie cutter. Yeah, it just doesn't. Oh, make and, any I, sense. and I know what I'm going to talk about today. Now. Awesome. Cool. Uh we touched on it earlier. I was. I don't know if we should talk about it, but uh, there's some controversy surrounding a podcaster right? with his ex-girlfriend posting an article about the Him being content of their relationship and everything. Oh, man. And I realize that there's multiple sides to every story. And it's true. Typically, in a romantic relationship, there's three sides to every story. His, yeah. hers, and the truth. Yes. But there was a part of her article that really reached what I I was. It kind of like, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? No, actually. There was an episode on there where they were talking about how every relationship hits a point where the illusion is shattered and you see the one annoying behavior that this person has. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, in this particular episode, they were they were ragging on like Marshall because his uh, he would sing anything he wanted to remember. If he wanted to remember something, yeah. he would make up a song for it and sing it constantly. Okay. okay. And so anytime the illusion was shattered for somebody, you heard like an audible glass break. <laughs> like, That's funny. And the person was just like, oh, you do do that kind of thing. <laughs> well, in this article, she brought up something about this individual. And when I was listening to his podcasts, I heard it. I heard exactly what she was talking about. And the illusion was shattered for me. Wow. So now it's really difficult for me to listen to his podcasts because it has become obvious. In the past, he would introduce guests as the guest on this podcast is famous person. And they were an absolute delight. They yeah. We talked about this and this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Hope you enjoy the show. In the last, I'd say, 10 to 12 it's been my new friend is the guest. And I see this. I, I'm like, okay, he's truly a slave to celebrity. Wow. It's all about getting famous. Right. His focus is trying to be famous right. and networking with famous people. It's true. And. I think it's safe to say who it is. We didn't say who it is. Just yeah. I, well, I kind of mess up his name every time. Yeah, I didn't want to like put anyone on blast or anything. Right. Of course. But we're, I mean, we're so small to him, and people will want to just hear what we're talking about. Right. That it's him. So the the individual I am speaking of is uh, Chris Hardwick, formerly Nerdist, now ID10T. And he, uh, AMC, also discontinued their ties with him for The Walking Dead. Really? Uh, talk shows. Yeah. They canned him from that? Yes. So this is actually, like, very wide-reaching. This is Like, based it, on that article? Yeah. Holy shit. And the allegations coming from it. So, basically, that he was abusive to his girlfriend. Um, his girlfriend tried to anonymously talk about it, yeah. but everyone figured it out. And um, they kind of put this here. And then he replied. I heard his reply was basically like replying to his abuse with how she abused him. Oh, he, he played that well. Stupid. I'm a yeah. victim too. Type he, shit. he did. Yeah. Which is like as a celebrity, like, and that's a tough thing. And that's something that, you know, I always, I always uh, worry about is like, you have to, you will be crucified. You will be fucking crucified if you are not perfect in this biz and what you do that is why it is so very important that you were never caught on the other on the you know the opposite side of like not being able to control yourself not being able to control what you say or your behavior yeah you know which is like not everyone's perfect but you know you can only hope to god that like whoever you know people are in the biz but they've had you know unfortunate circumstances in the past these things don't catch up with them and ruin their lives yeah by ruining their career let alone a career like that because chris chris hardwick chris hardwick chris hardwick i always want to say chris chadwick i don't know why chris hardwick is like you know and it sucks for him that he's you know uh uh, uh going through this cuz he looks perfectly fine to me you know what I mean? He acts perfectly fine to me. Does that condone his behavior? No. Is everyone perfect? Fuck no. You know what I mean? But yeah. again, he's a celebrity, so we're going to well, crucify him. Early in the days of the podcast, he they were traveling mm-hmm. when it was all three of them. Mm-hmm. So or when it was originally Nerdist and all three hosts, it was uh, Jonah Ray, 
uh, Matt Myra and Chris, Chris Hardwick. Okay. And over time, you know, Matt Myra's been busy. He's writer on the Goldbergs. He's writer on a couple different things. He's nice. on like seven different fucking regular podcasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Jonah Ray is doing the new uh, MST3K. He's the host of the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. Oh, nice. Okay. And so he's been working on that. He's been working on Hidden America. He's been, They've all been working. So they've kind of fallen off. But Chris continues the podcast. Right. And uh, did Zelda disappear? Yeah. Uh, we'll find her eventually. <laughs> hopefully she didn't run outside. If she did, she'll hopefully be right back. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so when it was the three of them, they were on a tour and they went to Boulder. Yeah. They were here in Boulder. So I went to see the live podcast. Mm-hmm. And they each did a stand up stint and then went into the podcast. And the guest on that was, uh, oh, what's his name? Shit. Bad Astronomer. Bill Plate. Know. Okay. Bill Plate. That's his name. Okay. And I had Chris's book, The Nerdist Way. I had them all sign it and everything. So I met them and all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, after the podcast, they're all sitting there. You can go up and greet them, meet them and everything. Nice. And uh, Chris seemed pained all the time. Like he had this grimace on his face. Kind of, yeah. And that's how he is typically. He looks like he's suffering. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just, you know, his resting bitch face or whatever. Maybe it is, yeah. But, uh, now that the illusion's been popped for me and I see through it, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that face means something different to me. And it's not that I believe her or him or, or anything. It's like the nature of their relationship is theirs. It is. I'm not going to pass judgment on it based on what she said or what he said. Exactly. But I am going to read it and read what rings true for me. Yeah. And the things that I read there that popped the illusion for me Uh or what holds true. And you know what's so unfortunate is in these situations is that, like, you know, women will be, you know, jaded to their perspective um, that they're held, right? Yeah. In terms of the fact that women are, I don't want to say ostracized. What is the word I'm looking for? They are singled out, you know what I mean? Um, And there's a reason there's a feminist movement. There's a reason it's because in this male-dominated world – they need to, you know, be heard and not itemized. They need yeah. to not be categorized. You know what I mean? Um, there are many aspects to them as people as there are to us. You right. know what I mean? Um, and just yesterday I was working uh, with a guy and as a married man, now I feel like I've come a long way. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we, we talk about silly, silly things yeah. between, between, you know, uh, all of us men and we say things and we, we, we joke around and there's joking around and there's saying things that are kind of insensitive yeah. to like reality. And being that I've been, you know, with, uh, my wife for damn near seven years now, we, uh, I, I, I was working with a guy yesterday. Uh, I got some help at my job and this guy visited me at my, at my store to help me, um, uh, finish sooner, which is nice. And he, we were talking about life and he's like, yeah, I'm saving up for a house. And then, you know, and I'm like, okay. And then you find a wife and he's like, yep, just got to find a girl with daddy issues. And then she's all mine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Real, real clever yeah. there. So I said, you know, I was like, I got to admit, you know, and I told him right there, I was like, that's mildly offensive as someone who has like a life partner that is a woman who is um, what you just said there is is that, you know, like you can categorize a woman to be uh, easily collected 
Yeah. If they have. And uh, uh, the BFFFFFF's GF shared a really good good quote for Feminism Friday. They said, uh, a girl is not a machine that you put kindness coins in and sex falls out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to reach back around to the Chris Chris Hardwick thing is that um, also the way we look at it is that every woman who finds out that he's in any way a jackass is automatically going to go, he's one of the pigs, he's one of the ma- uh, you know the the uh, masculine pigs right. who just treat women like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there are unfortunately people in the shades of gray that will have their black and white opinions of you know certain people in different situations because they're not as they don't spend a lot of time um thinking insightfully right as to what's going on and that's you know kind of the unfortunate part again with him getting crucified for this is that i wonder how many female fans he's he's gonna lose when they find out that he was abusive Mm. or that he is allegedly abusive yeah i apologize yeah um well and there's the other part of that where we are all products of our experiences, all of us, okay? So, like, I am the way I am in a relationship because of the relationships I've had before that mm-hmm. and what I've learned from them. So, if a guy has shitty relationships up until he finds the one, he's going to be a shitty boyfriend. It's true. Just because his experiences have taught him this is the way you act. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not putting the onus on women to be like, you know, train your men better or anything like that. But right, right. to a degree, ladies, train your men better. That too. It's they're only going to do what they think is right until you correct them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. Short. Guys aren't born to be perfect boyfriends. Okay, they're learning they're learning how to treat women based on how their dad treats their mom or their mom's boyfriend treats their mom or how their how their single dad treats the women they date or whatever. It's so true. We're learning from our parents at a young age so that when we become in a relationship, we essentially become our fathers or our mothers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whoever that role model was growing up. Right. So if if dad comes home drunk and slaps mom for saying you were out drinking again, weren't you? And then when he goes out with his girlfriend and she says, I really don't like you drinking, what's he going to do? Mm-hmm. And if she stays with him and accepts that, what does that tell you? It means that he thinks it's acceptable behavior because she didn't do anything to stop him from doing it again. It's true. So, you know, it cultivates situations. And we were talking about this when we were talking about your neighbor that got in Christie's face when you weren't home. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that same thing of, you know, uh, men taking advantage of these kinds of situations and not really seeing it for what it is. And that is you're treating a human being like shit. Right. So we cultivate these situations. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, did... The key to stopping it is to not put up with it. Yep. And get the fuck out. It's true. So, I mean, if if this was this way for this woman with, with Chris Hardwick when they first started dating, mm-hmm. 
why did she put up with it? It's true. How is it not her fault for, you know... I'm, I'm uh, not saying it's her fault, but it's more that... that too. It's more that... It's a two-way street. She, If she had said, no, this is not behavior I'm going to accept, and he was like, well, then hit the bricks, then... Maybe she should have hit the bricks. It's so very true. Yeah. And it, it you know, and it, it sucks that people can't, you know, uh, hindsight isn't always 2020. Yep. And that's the other issue with these things. And we look at it. So I think that, you know, having these conversations and like laying them out and fleshing them out is so important to, to moving forward and seeing these things for what they are and being better about how we feel and what we expect from ourselves. Yeah. And also what we expect from other people. Mm hmm. In terms of moving on, because yeah, there's just, there's just never shades of gray. But you know, now you've got a guy whose career is ruined because uh, neither one of them could act accordingly. Seems like, yeah. In terms of her anonymously saying something, I was doing the quote sign. And for those of you not watching the video, um, and then for for him not controlling himself in whatever situation it is, and maybe going through his own things on his end, you know, um, yeah. man, how unfortunate. It is. This is a dark conversation. It is. We started real dark. We kind of do. Yeah. We tap dance around a little bit. We do, but that's all right. You know, yeah. I mean, getting into it and talking about it. But I mean, I'm only the husband I am because my wife is the wife that she is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. early on in our relationship, she was like, don't do that. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, same. You yeah. don't do that if you're yeah. going to be in a relationship. And I was like, fair enough. Yeah, same thing. And I corrected. Same thing on my end. Yeah, you don't do that shit. You know, you just it's, stop. it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We learn We learn from our partners. And even better, we grow with our partners. Yes. Yep. My wife isn't mine. She is a key component of my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To where if that piece was missing, the picture would be incomplete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Weird way of saying my wife completes me. We've yeah. gone all Jerry Maguire now. Fucking Tom Cruise movies. Anyway. It's true. Well, I mean, my my thing that I wanted to bring up isn't, you know, is, is well, it's not as kind of dark as what we were saying or subjective, uh, but uh, maybe we can make it like a dark sandwich with a little bit of light in the middle, and then you can bring mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. thing that you wanted to talk about specifically. Okay. Should we find Zelda first? So, my getting to know you question for the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your childhood toy oh, growing right, up? The right, one that you were, yeah. the one that somebody brought you from the hospital and you've held on to ever since? Or, Interesting. Or the first one that you remember that you were like, I love this thing and it went with you everywhere. If your mom was going to the grocery store, this was under your arm or in your pocket or something right. like that. Well, that, that. For me, that's just multiple categories, um, just because it would always rotate. I don't think my mom will actually let me take my toys everywhere. Okay. And if I could, the one thing I was allowed to take everywhere that I'm pretty sure I had because my mom loved it when I sat in a cart and I shut up was my Game Boy Color. Nice. <laughs> that was, I mean, if we can define that as a toy, and obviously I'll talk about what toys I played with at home, you know, but uh, uh, basically just whenever it was out and about, it was always the Game Boy because I, you know, it, yeah. I, it took my attention and being an ADHD child, my mom definitely liked to be able to get her errands done. She had to bring me with, obviously. Being yep. a, she couldn't leave me with anyone most of the time. 
and I would be just playing video games in the back or reading a book. And it was books that I would take with me, you know, did a lot of reading when I was younger, um, especially Harry Potter, obviously. But that's where that all of that came from, essentially, was doing that. So as far as like playing with toys at, at, at home, my number one toy is kind of a misnomer because while I had action figures and stuff like that, um, the number one toy I would define that defined my childhood were my toy lightsabers. Nice. Hands down. Um, getting my lightsaber, finding out my friends had lightsabers and then going out and playing lightsabers with the friends. Always a blast. You know what I mean? And it was more like, are we going to go outside and play? Yep. And we'd show up and we'd both have our lightsabers. We wouldn't say, are we playing Star Wars today? We wouldn't say, are we, you know what I mean? It was automatically, we had our lightsabers and whatnot. no matter what imaginary monsters we were fighting in the fucking woods, in the boonies of Hudson, Colorado, on the train tracks, just like uh, dicking around. It was always, we were using our lightsabers and we were back to back fighting imaginary things but i always had a purple lightsaber um they don't make the purple ones anymore because uh it's not prequel saga anymore so it's strictly red and blue and they're remakes of the other lightsabers but they had they used to mix match the hilts and the colors of the lightsabers yeah uh, the ones i've seen now are like build your own where you can buy parts they have that too yeah yeah yeah. they want you to be able to add on and build your own gigantic lightsaber which is like cool almost a little bit too much for me i'll buy like the replicas um, in terms of like, I bought the Kylo Ren lightsaber and I bought the Luke lightsaber, but I also now have the intention of buying the force effects lightsabers, the big ones that light up they're the, like, the they're big, to like, scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Neon freaking exactly. Thing. Because as a child, you know, getting that, that, uh, as a child, if I got the Kylo Ren lightsaber, um, it would have been phenomenal. Now I have it and I'm like, damn, this thing's fucking tiny. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now I need to get a, like an FX lightsaber if I'm going to go outside and play lightsabers with Brian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I especially want the the Return of the Jedi Luke replica lightsaber as well. Nice. Which, fun fact, you know why that lightsaber was green? Because of the kyber crystal he had in it? <laughs> good question. <laughs> or good answer. Not entirely. That, that lightsaber was green because they didn't want the audience to be confused as to how he got his lightsaber back. It would have stayed blue. Uh, despite the fact that he made a new one, but they were afraid some people wouldn't notice the hilt was different. Uh, and so they made it green to make sure people knew, hey, this is a new lightsaber. And, you know, Luke is assuming a new identity with it, being a Jedi Knight now. Right. Now, bringing it around to the nerd bit with the yeah, lightsaber. Yeah, right, right. Just, um, the lightsaber in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Is that the one that was lost when he lost his hand? Or it is. Okay. It definitely is. Cool. So yep. that's Vader's old lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That is Vader's old lightsaber. And for some reason, it keeps making its way down the line. But yep. listen to the Star Wars episodes, uh, the coolest Wookiees. And then what is the one after that that we talked about uh, the, when the BFF was Oh, here? the Last Jedi Ketchup. Yeah, there was a, well, there was the Last Jedi Ketchup, and then there was the other one before that that we talked about uh, in that one, too, as well. A little bit of Star Wars. We did touch on Star Wars a little bit in that one. That was fun. Was, what is it? Band Kids? Band Camp? Band, it was a, yeah, like, Band I Kids the name and of the episode. Candles. It was episode five, if I, yeah. if I remember correctly. But anyway. uh, more importantly than not, uh, continuing with the toys, is that uh, action figures were always Star Wars action figures okay. to begin with. Um, sometimes my stuffed animals would be the larger monsters uh, heading into, you know, battle against these, like, tiny people. If I needed a, them to fight a giant monster, it was a stuffed animal. <laughs> Of course. And then uh, I remember my lightsaber toys. I had like Velociraptor action figures that were like just the coolest. Um, and sometimes they were main characters. They got to be main character friends nice. of the bad guys. I remember being in the shower, probably one of the most epic, like uh, one of the epic play sessions I had. I was in the shower and I was pretending it was raining, right? And it was just a raining battle royale. And there was a shelf in my shower in nice. the corner. And I would take 
my favorite main guy, whoever he was, I'm pretty sure it was Return of the Jedi Luke with his green lightsaber, and he would start in the bottom, and it would be kind of a battle royale, and then he would start climbing the shelf tiers to the top where the Emperor was with yeah. Darth Vader, and then fight them. But he would, on the way, he would fight like a bad guy from like Jurassic Park. He would fight a dinosaur from Jurassic Park. He'd go to the next one and fight. Uh, the Scorpion King from The Mummy Returns, and then he'd go to the next one, and he'd fight. Yeah, it was pretty nice. awesome. Just things like that, just these random bad guys, whatever I had, uh, uh, whatever Marvel toys and stuff like that. So that was always fun. And then I think the closest thing I got to playing with with uh, action figures in the very last phase of my childhood was what we've already called the epitome awesomeness of our childhood, which was Bionicle. Yeah. The Bionicle toys when they came in pill form. You sent me the coolest little picture about how the creator of Bionicle was actually fighting like this terrible, terrible illness. Yeah. And it, the the idea was that these heroes came in pills and then the pills, they came out of the pills and fought the, the evil doers, basically, yes. which was like why they come in those little canisters. Yes. Mind was blown. That was really cool. Yeah. The bio, yeah. the biological chronicle or mm-hmm. biotical. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. When you combine them to play on words i get it now yeah. anyway so yeah the no the bionicle stuff was really cool and i actually remembered in talking about the video games that i also had like a handheld video game version because they had the console version of the mask of light i had a little like game boy version which was nice. like a top down you walk around you play it wasn't very fun i didn't beat it <laughs> <laughs> it was no but that was pretty cool in terms of like childhood toys i'm trying to remember other things you know there were the cooler things like uh i think my playtime was mostly going out and playing make-believe Right. With fake weapons, of course. At one point, I had, like, a sword that glowed green and made noise. I remember getting that for one of my birthdays, probably my sixth or seventh. Yes. Oh, man. No, my fifth. It was probably my fifth. Yeah. And I was like, cool, it's green. Like Luke's lightsaber. Nice. <laughs> and that was the connection I made. Awesome. So, riding the bikes, doing that, too. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what was I? I had a really good one to contribute to. What RC car did I have? I had an RC car. that It could flip upside down and keep going. Oh, Do you remember that yeah. shit with the rechargeable battery? Oh my gosh. Yeah, childhood toys were fun. And then, of course, what ended up in the mix were like the Happy Meal toys. Now, you were a grown adult for sure when this was happening, but McDonald's, when they were re releasing all of the uh, uh, Disney's on VHS, yeah. they made miniature versions of the VHS cases and put action figures in those. Yes, so did. you would open up the Cinderella VHS, mini VHS box, and there would be a Cinderella inside of it. Mm-hmm. And they did that with all of the toys. Oh my gosh. Yep. I was always fun. Oh, Transformers. What am I thinking about? Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Beast Wars, Transformers. Yep. I remember the Fusors because that's when they like combine them. I remember I had like a Bat Monkey one. Yeah, it was a Bat Monkey. I remember the Transfusions, um, which were Transmetal. Sorry. They were like the metal ones that you could. I had Rat Trap was always the coolest. And I think I'm done ranting about my favorite toys. (laughs) It's like the Transformers were always just the coolest too. But, you know. Now, see. When I was a kid, it was the original Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The start of it. Right. So I had Megatron that transformed into a handgun. Yep. And I'm sure you use that for make-believe, right? Oh, absolutely. I bet, yeah. (laughs) It it kind of, that was my first round of cynicism as a child because I was like, (laughs) okay, he's like this big, giant bad guy, but he turns into a handgun. Right. So, who, what giant is going to be holding him as a handgun? It's true, Unicron. Yeah, but not really. So it was kind of like, it was, and it was that way with a lot of the Decepticons. Like Soundwave turned into a tape deck. Yep. It was. Like, I bought that for my cousin a couple years ago, actually. The like original a, like, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found him in a in a, a, a what is it? You the Comic Zone. Yeah. What is is that? What it's called? No. Eh. 
Superhero Landing. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that is. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. That yeah, comic yeah. shop. The one with the giant Hulk in it. Right. Continue. Um, so I had a bunch of those Transformers. A uh, buddy of mine had the huge freaking jet that the, the steps to transform this thing was 120 steps. Really? Yes. Jeez. I don't. I hope he never threw away that manual because he's never figuring out how to turn it back into a robot. Otherwise, oh God. See, it's so funny because my my cousin is so obsessed with Transformers. He yeah. knows how to transform them all. Nice by memory, and he's got a lot. I know he has the Unicron. He has the large Optimus Primes. He has boxes and boxes and boxes of Transformers toys. Nice. It's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, the sword of choice when I was a child was either He-Man's Power Sword Very nice. or the Sword of Omens from Thundercats. I was about to say, isn't that Thundercats? Yes, I, how is. did I know? <laughs> so I pulled out the... I, I remember my mom and I went... Because I wanted a Sword of Omens so freaking bad. <laughs> and she was out shopping and I was just... I would not shut up about the Sword of Omens. Yeah. And we finally found it in a store. I got it. I got that one. Oh, awesome. And you wielded that son of a bitch. Oh, I snapped it. I snapped that motherfucker like two weeks later. Oh, no. To be fair, it was a $2 plastic sword. Okay, sure. And the uh, it was two molds, or it was one mold pressed twice and then melded together. Oh, okay. So there was a seam all the way around the edge. And it just cracked right in half. And that seam just split. Oh, gosh. The more I whacked shit with that sword, the more that thing split. That sucks. I remember getting those cheap plastic. I remember when I went to Disneyland for the first time, I got a cheap plastic sword on my way out of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I had a scabbard. I was like, Mom, I need that sword. I didn't need that sword. No. (laughs) No, you never need the sword. No. You know, because you're all about the sword. And then two weeks later, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I had a sword. Shout out to the wooden swords you can buy at the Renaissance Festival, too. Oh, yeah. Always had to buy those. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah. They were always I, fun. I didn't go to Renaissance Festivals until I was an adult. And the first time I went to one, I almost dropped $250 on a double-bladed axe. Yep, yep, that'll do it. Somewhere out there is a picture of me holding this axe. Oh, God. And there is a look on my face like this is the one key I needed to take over the planet. Uh. <laughs> I don't know where that picture is. John, Christy, if you guys are listening, I'm sure you have it. Yeah, please if you find could, it. If you could send me a copy, if you it. could take that digitally and send it to me, that would be spectacular. I'm not trying to, to get off anyway. of your toys talk, but what is your like weapon of choice? If Okay, say that like guns aren't a thing, right? And we're we're reverted back to like prehistoric times, not prehistoric, but medieval times. Would okay. you use a sword? Would you use double swords? Would you use an axe? Would you use a hammer? Would you use a crossbow or a bow? For hand to hand combat, yeah, 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 yeah. It would more than likely be a warhammer. Ooh, very nice. That it not the heavy warhammer, mm-hmm. but the uh, it looks just like a ball peen hammer. It's oh, yeah, got a yeah, smaller yeah. head on it, but one side is for piercing, the other is for crushing. Yep, 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 yep. It's on about a three-foot staff that you can just... Boom! There you go, yeah. That would probably be my weapon of choice. I appreciate that. Brian, what would you use? He had a mouthful of coffee. I'm sorry, coffee's too good. God <laughs> damn, Black French press. Mm. But my weapon of choice? Scimitar. Captain Nemo in... League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> if you ever haven't seen it, I will I've lend it. it. Yes, Captain Nemo yeah, is, is really fucking movie. boss yeah. with yeah. that scimitar for that fucking reason. 
that would be my way my main weapon of choice Joe. not to mention one of my favorite characters in D&D I lost audio uh-oh. Oh, so. audio just turned off. What happened? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Now, did we lose audio? Do you have us still? I have you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well we, that, we, we got the answer. Is that the janky no, 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 cord? Like, that might be the janky uh, cord. I hope it's not the janky cord. Well, this is the one I brought, so, okay. yeah, there's okay. that. Who knows? Okay. Uh, fun story short. Yeah. Fun, <laughs> fun story Brian short. Answer, scimitar. Yeah, scimitar. Yeah. If it was me, I would say uh, in terms of something that I'm actually kind of practiced with is a rapier. Okay. I would use a rapier. It's thin. It's for piercing. Yes. Uh, now, yeah, I like the finesse of it and being quick with it. I actually took some fencing lessons back yeah. in the day in like eighth grade. And really, uh, you too. Real, <laughs> you okay. But big. So here we are. The similarities. We both have fenced before. Of all the things we could have in common, we keep. Yeah. So was Epe then? Uh, Epe was your was your deal if you're going with the rapier. Yeah, kind of, basically. So, yeah. long story short, it was I did I went and I was taking it seriously, and I like I really liked it. And one guy, I went up against this kid, and I kept like uh, uh, double double uh, lunging, and this guy nailed me so hard. I was being really aggressive when I was like fencing and learning fencing and stature and stuff, and they would have us face off against each other, and I was like nailing everyone by just being aggressive. And this one guy reposted into my arm so hard that it drew blood Ooh. on the on the inside of my elbow so basically with a repost is when you bounce off of their their uh uh lunge it's perfect basically it's the perfect way to attack someone who's being way too aggressive right. this guy went inside of my arm and basically like yeah drew blood and i had a giant welt on the inside of my yep. arm he felt really bad and i was like uh no i learned my lesson here yeah. <laughs> but Finesse for that reason, over brutality yeah yeah, yeah. second yeah. choice axe easy just you know yeah. double-headed axe like you were saying right which, uh big surprise we both uh, kind of like the same things. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, choice. Yeah. My second choice is actually a combination of your two, the saber. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there you go. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's thin, so, but it's not. Yeah. It's interesting that Brian said scimitar because <laughs> that's mainly for like the slash. That's Slashing. True. Yeah. Rapier so, stabbing. That's rapier stabbing. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I love that. And the Warhammer is crushing. It is. And, you know, another important thing about rapiers and something that I really like as far as like medieval times are concerned are also that the musketeers use them. Yes. Large, big fucking shout out to Disney's Three Musketeers in the 90s. <laughs> you were ordered to disperse. I yes. love Tim Curry. Oh, my gosh. Tim Curry there, but also uh, 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 Charlie Sheen as Athos. Yeah. Uh, you've got that one guy as Porthos, and he's just funny. He was in everything. Yeah. Uh, Oliver... Yeah. Yes. That movie was just so full of charm and wit and yeah. happiness. I did not mean to hijack the whole topic. That's fine. It's no, just no. this is what's happening here. This is what happens when Daniel met Rich. I had well, I had just like a good idea. I was like, you know what? We Follow us on Twitter at WDMR Podcast. I should have wrote this down. I should just write down more things as I think of them and not. Follow hijack. our Facebook page at When Daniel Met Rich. Yeah, we yes. forgot that at the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Mother of. <laughs> Sorry. We're always going to forget it at the beginning. That's kind of the thing with our podcast. Child, childhood. It jumps in everywhere Childhood. Uh, now, my, the childhood toy that has stayed with me mm -hmm. throughout everything is my stuffed moose. Nice. Somebody got me this moose when I was first born. Nice. It joined me home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. It's a beanbag moose. Okay. It's pretty much like a beanie baby, just mm -hmm. larger. Um, the antlers are floppy. And not filled with anything. So cool. they're not the big rack. They're just kind of... Makes them cute. Yes. yes. Makes them adorable. Yeah. So 
He's changed names over the years. Moody Moose, Moose, Moosenstein, you know. Oh, yeah, sure, definitely, so. yeah. But my moose has been with me all 40 years of my oh, life. Oh, okay. So that's where, okay, so I had a, because I wasn't thinking stuffed animals when you right. said. My, I have a Simba and an Elmo that were always together. Okay. Elmo would ride Simba. Okay. On occasion. Not from behind, like as a mount. He would mount him, but okay. not, it wasn't like that. Uh, anyway, we so could make Elmo, it like that. We Join us on the next episode. Yeah, I know, right? We're gonna, <laughs> that's going to be another like big uh, old three way between Simba, Elmo, and a moose. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get them together. Let's make it a video where they're just talking. Hot. Yeah, exactly. We'll animate them, stop motion them. <laughs> nice. But we'll have to cut them open and put wire stencils in so they don't just flop around. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm comfortable with cutting moose. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with cutting Elmo yeah, or Simba. That's for sure. External wiring, I guess. Right. Anyway. Exactly. You had so, the moose for 40 years. Yes. The moose is, he's still upstairs. He's up in the closet of riches. Gotcha. And you can't have him anyway. No, and no, no giveaway. We aren't no. giving away Moosenstein. So. No, no. On my death. Maybe. He might be cremated with me. We'll see. Ooh, there you go. Anyway. Uh, but I was always playing with Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, those. Nice. G.I. Joe's? I was not a G.I. Joe kid. Okay, fair enough. I, w- I was never More one... fantasy oriented. Exactly. Dope. I was never one for realistic weapons. Right. It was always extremely in the past or extremely in the future. Same. And the beauty of Masters of the Universe was that it was kind of a marriage of the two. Where it was like this fantasy realm mm-hmm, where there's castles mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. royalty and knights Which and everything. Which is dope. Yep. But then there's also lasers. <sighs> so you're mixing lasers and shielding and magic and armor and uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. it was the perfect melding of sci-fi and fantasy to my young mind dope i still have all my action figures and all the vehicles and all the play sets i love it my parents brought them out here last thanksgiving or the thanksgiving before i don't know okay some of those guys are fucking scummy <laughs> oh my god i put those things through the ringer wow they went in the pool they went in. They went in mud. They went in moss. They went in. Yep. Yep. The swamp, well, you got to give them the scenery. Everything. You know what I mean? Yep. Now, I did have GI Joes for a few, but they were like the doll size GI Joes. Okay. See, when I when I got into GI Joes, they were like when I was a kid, they were like doll size. They were like Barbie size. Like these GI Joes could have totally like taken Barbie out on a date. Right. You know what I mean? And one of the biggest bummers I had about my G.I. Joe's is that I could never, uh, you know, I wanted, I got a little too into my scenarios and like they would like camp out or they would like, because you talk about taking them, you know, in the muck and doing all this stuff. You got to give them scenery, right? Yep. I really wanted just like business suits for my G.I. Joe's so they could like visit the summit at the U.N. Yeah. to talk about the issues before they went into battle. And nice. I was ready. I was ready to dress and undress them just like a little girl. Yes. Would dress and undress her Barbies because that's a fun part, right? Yes. It was still appealing as a young man who didn't quite understand. I I actually have a Barbie. Do you? Well, it's got to be a legit Barbie. It's made of sandstone. Okay. It's a special release. It's got to be a heavy-ass Barbie, right? Don Draper from Mad Men. No way. Yes. Of course. Yes. Yes. I appreciate that a lot. When I was when Mad Men was on, and I was real into Mad Men. Nice. I got into it around season four, and I was like, "Holy shit, this oh, is awesome!" Oh man, you had to wait too, because I got into it right at the end, so I didn't have to wait long to finish the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. What an amazing show. I fucking love that show. But Me too. They had yeah. they had a special release of the main characters, mm-hmm. so you could get the Joan Holloway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Don well, of Draper. Of course, she was a freaking Barbie. The, uh, oh God, what was Tina his wife's Hendrix name? is a Barbie. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, Christina Hendricks is oh, just, that uh, must have been the model for the plus size yes. Barbie that they're making. She's oh god, she's so amazing. Anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> just in everything, just yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. You know what yeah. my uh, my favorite Christina Hendricks role is for sure. Hmm. Firefly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Savage. Where she's like, yeah, she's the toy. She's like the toy wife that he ends up accidentally drunkenly marrying, but she turns out to be a con artist. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh my god. Wasn't it like she's like a companion assassin type? Thing she owes. Well, she turned out to be an assassin when she was like trying to commandeer the ship or steal their well, she treasure was, or whatever. Well, she was trained as a companion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then trained as an assassin and kind of melded the two to become this. No, that was uh, Inara. She was. Inara there. was trained as a companion. Only? Only? She wasn't an assassin at all? She was not oh, an assassin at all. I don't remember. All. I don't. Mm, shit. Okay. She was. <laughs> What? I know who you're fucking talking about. I know. Yeah. God. That's Christina damn, Hendricks. I, yeah. Can we hear you now? I think so. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear yourself? No. That's the key. The reason being is because I'm still going through OBS. Oh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I fucking remember who you're talking about. She was um short hair, right? Brunette? Yes. Or was it Red, blonde? No, redhead. redhead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rem- That's fucking Christina remember. Hendricks. Yeah. When she walks into the chamber, she like drops the dress. Oh. It's, like, it's my. It's it's it's. it's you know, the special hell. Are you not? <laughs> yeah. That shit. Like, just, I remember watching it as a child and being like, "Yep, I'm straight." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, like, and how couldn't he do that? Fun fact that I'm not sure if you're aware of. Uh, said character that died in a Destiny 2 promo, Cade. Okay. That we were talking about a little bit. Yeah. Voiced by Nathan Fillion. Okay. Another reason that we're going to revenge Cade 6. Okay. In Destiny 2. Anyways, going back to Firefly, and then we were going back, and you have the Barbie, and I'm sorry. Yes, anyway. So I was scrambling to get any of the Mad Men Barbies. I wanted okay. the full set. Right. Because, uh, oh, God, what was what was January Jones' character name? What was oh, Betty first? Draper. Betty Draper, thank you. Right. So I was wanting Betty Draper, Joan Holloway, Don Draper, and mm-hmm. uh, who's the other? I want to say it was uh, the gray-haired dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his? Oh, geez, like I don't remember his name I either, but remember. I know who you're talking about. Uh, Tony T- Tony Stark <laughs> yes. in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, Howard Stark. Yes. <laughs> Howard Stark. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, eventually, his name will. come He shows up places. John Slattery. Thank you. Okay. Slattery is his last yes. name. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Anyway. And uh, the only one I was able to get was Don Draper. Okay. Well, that's fine. Kristen was scrounging so hard for Joan Hathaway, and there was no way. There was no way it was going to happen. Yeah. Holloway. Holloway. I'm sure she was going to get the first one picked up. Jeez. But, yeah, I I have that guy still in his box up in the the closet of riches. Also not on the raffle. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so my... My He-Man would, or and Masters of the Universe would always hijack my sister's Barbies, or their, you know, damsel in distress bits and all that fun stuff. And you know, as I progressed and mm-hmm. got into puberty and everything, there was some He-Man and Barbie were doing some weird shit. It's good times. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. When you're growing up, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, no, no. Tila no. and Evil Lynn were just pretty much horse by the time I was done. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you're just like, well, this is realistic. They're just gonna push against each other yeah, for like, whatever reason. We don't, you know. Yeah. He man was a sausage was. fest. Aside <laughs> from Tila and Evil Lynn. All right. So it oh, was pretty gosh. much. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 
That's so funny. They were pulling the albatross before I knew what the albatross was. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that about wraps up the childhood toys there. Right? Well, childhood in general as well, just like, because you harken back to that stuff. And you don't think about it until you think about it, right? right. You don't think about what items you're seeing and, and, and what you're trying to get the most out of. So that's really funny. Yeah. And then you start remembering everything you had. Yeah. All of a sudden. And I remember, like, by, the first set of Bionicles were really cool, but then they came out with, like, an armored set where they had, like, chest plates and stuff. And yeah. they were, like, armored. They were way cooler. And it's like, oh, wow, take my money. Take all of it. Yeah, those pieces also fully integratable with regular Lego. It, that, too, right? There's a guy at uh, that belongs to Cowlug, the uh, Colorado and Wyoming Lego uh-huh. United group, whatever. Okay. I can't remember what it stands for. Okay, yeah. Cowlug.org. Anyway. He built this massive bank that looks just awesome with all these crenellations and everything. All the crenellations and all that fun stuff. Crenellation? What's a crenellation? Like the, uh, when a building is very, very ornamented. Oh, okay, okay. Filigree and stuff. Architecturally impressive. Yes. Okay. Yes. Bionicle parts. No way. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to Google this. It looks Damn. so cool. It It's almost like H.R. Giger designed a building. <laughs> Fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. H.R. Oh Giger, gosh. for those that don't know, is the guy who designed Alien. Yep. From the movie Alien. <laughs> from the movie Alien. <laughs> the Xenomorphs. Yeah. No, those are the best. Yeah. So this building looks like a xenomorph building because of all the bionicle parts. And I always saw it. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So all the Legos you see up there, by the way, all bought in adulthood. For all of None those. None of them from my child. Watching the video, for those of you who can see. Yes. This is like, I mean, there's so many of them. My nephew Ian has all my childhood Legos. Right. Uh, Rich has all my childhood Legos, too. I have like two tubs right behind you that like there's there's some in there. Once we get into the Lego show, we'll start deep diving into that fun stuff. Yeah. Right. Which basically we should start tomorrow, hypothetically, or like soon when you start when you get your Harry Potter sets. This is happening. This is happening. And we're going to do time lapses and it's going to be so fun. But I didn't bring my DSLR, which makes me kind of sad. But we'll get around to it. We're going to. I don't know how much of the. Harry Potter stuff I'm going to build tomorrow. I'm definitely picking them up tomorrow. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. So If we can make at least one, that would be pretty awesome. Chances are I'm not even probably going to open them at all this week. Mm-hmm. Unless I get super stressed out, in which case I'll open them and sort the parts. Yeah, and then just get ready to build it, but you yeah. won't actually build it. Because that's that's the main relaxing part to me on any of it is the right. sorting. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. like sorting things by color Getting, or alphabetizing yeah, exactly. magic cards or whatever. The preparation. That is my zen. <laughs> that is my point where I'm like, uh... we all have our ways of cooling down. Yes, and that makes more sense. What's your zen? Uh, well, I mean, I guess at that point for me, cooling down is is probably just at this point watching a TV show. I just don't have time to play games anymore, and I also have a hard time playing games when I'm like, mm, I should be making content out of this. You know what I mean? Doing something that, like right. that. When I do get a chance, one of the reasons I hop back into Overwatch is because the video game Overwatch is because it just it's I can get in for a couple of matches and get out and be done. Same thing with uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. As much as people might complain about it, I can get in for a couple of matches and be done. You right. know what I mean? Be part of that larger scale. And it's really quite fun. Yes. I want to... Uh, uh, I've got a getting to know you question. Get Here, since we're done talking about childhood toys. Is it... Uh, where, uh, when we said the words cookie cutter earlier, that kind of brought me back around to how I feel about public schools. 
Okay. And how I how I feel about public schools um, is that with with a little bit of uh, preface and for a way to for you to get to know me even is that I barely graduated high school. Okay. Barely. Largely because I could have given two shits about high school, right? So uh, all throughout the, uh, uh, childhood and just figuring things out is that uh, I was a lot more interested in playing with toys and reading books and playing video games. Absolutely. And going to school was just, to me, was basically a forced daycare where they've, like, it was almost like punishment. Going to public school was like punishment for me. And uh, it was good to learn math. It was good to learn reading and writing. Um... How much of that stuck with me? I would venture to say over the 12 years of continued learning, 25% of the things they taught me in terms of my personal interests and the way I feel. Now, a big part of public school is also getting you in with people, learning to be around people. But at the same time, you do this with a bunch of children. It's not real life. Right. You know what I mean? Getting to know each other. It's actually you know a lot of people discovering who they are as they grow into adults. Yes. It becomes kind of an issue. Now, um, one of my biggest issues with with public school, and I guess it's a weird way to start the topic, right? Because I'm saying I want to talk about public school. What I want to talk about is why I hate public school. (laughs) All right. And why my children won't be going. Okay. Um, It's a big thing. So I have ADHD, obviously. And it's something that I I let control me all the way up to, through my sophomore year of high school because I didn't really identify it and I didn't have any goals um, to set that that put me in a place where, oh, I would prefer to sit down and not be talking during class. Oh, I would prefer to finish my homework so I don't have these issues. So I'll apply myself when I get home, things like that. As a seven-year-old ADHD boy, do you really think you're going to give me a fucking math worksheet and I'm going to have it ready for you the next day? Right. For issues like this, um, my fifth grade math teacher actually um, disallowed me without poor behavior from going on field trips because she did not want to deal with me. She did not want to deal with my excitement. She didn't want to uh, deal with me being a little zanier than the other kids. Okay. Here's the issue. I was behaved when it came to things like this. Yeah. I would not climb a display and knock over a grizzly bear. I would not, uh, you know, be jumping out of the mummy's coffin like, like you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't, you know, um, and and from the beginning of fifth grade to the end, purely because of my personality, okay. I was, I was, I was not allowed to participate, and that's when my mom took me out of public school and homeschooled me for all of my middle school career, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Okay. I tried to go to public school once for ninth grade. And I ended up being, uh, I just failed the shit out of that. I begged my mom to go back to high school because I was just lonely. You know, not only being an only child, but being a, a just kind of like a socially defunct child. Right. I had next to no friends outside of like my direct neighbors. So I had one or two good friends, but I would never go around and hang out with a bunch of kids. Right. So, and most of the time, if they were, you know, kids that were playing basketball and I was playing lightsabers, I would be ridiculed, of course. You know what I mean? Right. Um, here's, here's the statement I want to make about public schools because I'm just kind of like uh, rambling right now about them. Public schools are a good place to try and develop a child's mind. Right. But only a specific type of child's mind. For a child like me with ADHD um, and eventually a teenager, um, where I began to blossom 
was in high school where I had an outlet, which was drumming. Right. Marching band. I had something that I wanted to do so badly that it pushed me through and I was able to graduate high school. When I went through ninth grade, I think I graduated ninth grade with like a credit and a half. When you're supposed to leave like each each year with like twelve or something like that. Something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like six six classes per semester minimum. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my freshman year, one credit and a half. So unfortunately where, you know, where it became was opposite for me, where a lot of seniors will dick around their last year of high school because they barely need any credits. Right. I did all my dickering around my freshman year, and then it became, well, if you want to graduate, you're going to have to do some fucking homework. You're going to have to apply yourself. And it wasn't that hard because I had a reason to do that, and that was to make sure I could continue to perform uh, in my high school things. I had a real motivation behind that, right? Everyone's motivation is a little bit differently. So you get a child who doesn't have ADD, doesn't have ADHD. They don't have a mind that wanders at the speed of light. Yep. They don't mind doing homework. They do math homework because, oh, I'm here now, and this is what I'm supposed to do. Cool, I'll do it. Some people struggle with different ways, right? Those are shades of gray, but they aren't the extremes of black and white. Right. Public school, I feel, uh, has failed me, the public schooling system, in terms that not only did they make a system to take a child and make them into a cookie-cutter print of what they want, but the teachers also expected students to be a cookie-cutter uh, you know, thing, and I feel like the large majority of my elementary school teachers were really fed up with me and ready for me to just be taken out, right, and removed. Um, I had to ride the short bus, ah, not because I uh, needed extra help, but because I needed to be separated from other kids, right? Because I was too wacky, I was too zonkers. I guess I was a magnet for problem for like problems. You would light so like up. it was like, yeah. yeah, exactly, right. The mild mannered kids would take your energy and run with it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, bad influencer things like that. I, I distinctly remember in fifth grade uh, agreeing with my friend to uh, hang out after school and eat, eat beef jerky or something, and I shake his hand, and I got sent to the office for taking his arm and twisting it behind his back. Oh. I. Yeah, I, I remember it distinctly in my mind because this was the first time I was accused of something that I didn't just didn't do. Right. So and I think that was my fifth grade teacher's way of just yep. getting rid of me for the day so she didn't have to put up with me. Yep. Things like this. So, yeah. Uh, how was public school for you? <laughs> well, uh, I was on the similar lines, but a little bit opposite of the spectrum mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to where instead of acting out physically, mm -hmm. I turned inward okay so i became a blob in school yeah i was the guy that stared off that didn't really say much do much mm -hmm. this also made me an easy target for bullies and bullies my, were definitely a problem <laughs> my, my school was rife with them great the thing about the town i grew up in is that it was very lower class Lower yeah. to middle class. There was okay. not there was not a lot of six figure incomes in my elementary school. Makes sense. So there was a lot of dead end jobs. There was a lot of day drinking amongst the parents of the kids in my school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a lot of kids around my age and my level had alcoholic dads that would beat the shit out of them when they got home and acted out. So, to compensate, they would come to school and beat the shit out of somebody to make themselves feel better. It's true. 
I was a favorite on that. And Same. over time, because I was just, I was so, I was in another world right. all through elementary school. Like they, I would, I would hear what they were talking about, and one part of my mind would compartmentalize what was being discussed. So I was very good at math. I was very good at science. I was very good at English. I was a very good student, but I never did the work. Uh-huh. And any time a test came up, I would fucking ace it. Nice. And they would be like, how, how, how does he know every step of everything we've covered without doing any of the homework? That too, yeah. So I was boggling teachers' minds. Right. And I refused to complain about the bullies. I didn't even acknowledge them. Right. I would like it because my parents told me if you ignore them, they'll lose interest and go away. Right. No. No, they, they don't. don't. Bullies don't do that. Yeah. There's only one thing bullies respond to. Strength. Right. You fight back, you fight back hard, and you hurt them as bad as you can. Yeah. And they will never touch you again. It's true. The other thing that you could do that might make it worse or might just completely humiliate them. Yeah. Laugh. There was one guy that used to just beat up on me as much as he possibly could. And I realized that it never hurt. His his fists fell flat. Nothing he did physically hurt me. Wow. So I started laughing <laughs> whenever he was beating on me. I would laugh. That's funny. And he, at one point, he was hitting me in the face and I w would not stop laughing. And he realized that it was, well, he either realized, one, I'm fucking crazy. Or two, he was being humiliated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he stopped. Wow. See, from the get-go, I would always fight my bullies back. Like, I would just immediately just be, like, throwing punches right back. <laughs> you know, like, just fighting and fighting and fighting. No, Because was, these kids would antagonize me. I know? was off in Eternia. Yep. I was flying the, I was flying He-Man Sky Cruiser. Yeah. Or I was, I was on the planet that the Thundercats were on, and I was looking through the Sword of Omens for that clairvoyance or right, whatever. Right. I was always lost in some fantasy. Always. Same. And so uh, then came middle school, seventh and eighth grade. This is when everybody is first hitting puberty and things are first coming to light that girls aren't necessarily gross. Yeah, now right. Now they have boobies. Yeah, it's true. And they are endlessly fascinating because they have boobies. And they become a whole new ball game. Where it, like it, in elementary school, you can just talk yeah. to them. They're just there. And then middle school and high school, it's just kind of like, this is a challenge. Yeah. This is now a challenge. Yes. This is like now I, I have to learn how to act right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there were some, and you know, a lot of these bullies did not learn how to act right. No. And so they would set the precedent for the guys coming after with these girls. Ain't that the truth? And there's a cycle of abuse that brings us back to the beginning. Anyway. Yeah, right? So, yeah. Roundabout but, ways of getting but anyway, back. my... My middle school uh -huh. was less a middle school and more a gulag. Okay. This was a prison that we were put into. It was a cage match. Great. My mom got into it with the uh, assistant vice or the vice principal mm -hmm. after getting into it with the assistant yeah, vice yeah. principal because a kid grabbed me, twisted my ankle, 
and we thought it was broken. I had I was walking with a limp for two weeks and everything. So uh, <coughs> kids are terrible. Sorry. So she went to the school and they were like, "Well, you know those Cedar Lake kids." <laughs> and my wife's like, or my mom was like, "My son's a Cedar Lake kid." <laughs> and see, this was Cedar Lake was the lower class and. Crown Point was the middle to upper class. Yeah. So when my school district went from Cedar Lake to Crown Point, because they changed yeah. the district yeah, lines, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what put me in the Crown Point school system. And uh, what did I do with my water? There's. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I was going to say, you're I'm getting scratchy. Out. And uh, we're, I would like to apologize in advance, like, because I should have known that talking about public school was also going to bring up bullying, because yeah. bullying is definitely something I actually wanted to talk about more than public school, even, because, yeah. like, man, bullying's rough. Sorry if this is triggering anyone. Bullying is not okay. It sucks. We've gotten into our share of fights. I've never been an actual bully, though. Yeah. I'm sure you haven't. No. It was a little different for me in terms of fighting back in comparison, however, because you – I don't know how long you were your size. I was pretty much small until ninth grade the second time because okay. I flunked out of it the first time, did it again a second time. Both times I'm pretty sure I only got a credit and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but I was also switching schools between Weld County and the Boonies. Um, more towards Greeley and stuff in Colorado, yeah. which is like, this is like Hicktown, USA. And then um, I came back closer to Denver where I actually cared okay. for my sophomore years. And then that's where things came together and I wasn't in such a bad scenario, bad situation with people that do that. I'm going to let you finish, but okay. I've got a pretty crazy bullying story yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, if you want to get a crazy bullying story. there uh, In eighth grade, there was a kid that I that was in my grade that I, I wouldn't say we were friends, but we were friendly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we had a lot of the same classes. We would help each other out, you know, Hey, what was that homework assignment type thing? You know, review tests kind of, you know, we, so we didn't hang out or anything, but it was almost like we were work colleagues. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, he was deaf. He had hearing aids in both ears. And there was one kid that would always fuck with him. Come up and flick his ear, come up, and flick his ear. Yeah. Which if you have hearing aids gives you a dud. And he was like, he was get, he was like, getting pissed. And his mom was telling him the same thing that my mom was: if you ignore them, they'll go away. If you ignore them, they'll go away. So he would just tolerate this kid's flicking his ear, flicking his ear. Flicking yeah, well, his ear, messing with someone ear. disabled is like beyond messed yeah. up. So he and he's just getting more and more red faced. His blood yeah. pressure is going up the more I this bet. guy's around. So we're walking down the hallway after a class one day, two of us, and bully comes up behind him. Flicks his ear, hearing aid falls out, hits the ground, shatters. This is the moment that all hell breaks loose. Oh, God. Deaf dude spins around, grabs the guy's head, slams it into a locker. There was a guy right next to him that had just opened his locker. Bully goes, and then he grabs the guy. Deaf guy grabs a bully's head, puts it in the locker, starts slamming the locker over and over and over and over into this guy's head. Wow. This guy is now just kind of, yeah, he's yeah. losing consciousness. I he bet. falls to the ground. Deaf guy gets on top of him and just starts Jared Leto and Ed Norton in Fight Club. Oh, wow. He just starts turning this kid's wow. face to mush. This is eighth grade. This is the gulag. Yep. All the kids in this passing period yep. stop and form the circle. 
Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is now an impenetrable circle. Yep. There is blood splattering the ceiling because of this pummeling. What? Everybody in the circle is just like, oh, my God. And I'm standing there like, I don't know what to do. Right. I, I don't know what to do. If I stop him, he might come at me because he's in his fury. Yeah. But I I kind of should stop him because he's going to get in serious trouble. But this guy really has it coming. Boy, does he. Wow. So eventually a couple teachers make it through the circle. Yeah. And break this up. Ambulance is called. Yeah. Sounds like it. Um, I don't remember the exact outcome. I know that Bully was not back in school for a while. And I know that uh, my deaf friend was suspended for three days. Yeah. Only three. Well, they've you, gotten stricter as time goes on. Well, yeah, they've gotten... Keep in yeah. mind, this is the year you were born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, and that's insane. But at the same time, you know, uh, being that disabled kid, I would, I would be, as a principal, I would find a very hard time. You know, because I'm sure witness accounts say that kid was messing with him for a long time. And he took it too far, and naturally... Guess who was witness? Guess who had to go through so many witness statements? Yeah, right? Yeah, I bet. No, that's a problem. And, you know, like, uh, then there's... No. Um, it's cool when things like that happen, because you know what I mean? And it, and it sucks, because at the same time, you can't... Here's the deal, that bully. I doubt he messed with any more deaf kids. I don't think he messed with... Well, I definitely never heard from him again. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Just either he ran in a different circle and yeah. never came around. And or... you, you got to figure if those if the parents of the kids wanted to press charges for any reason, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, go to court. Uh, yeah, our son was bullying this disabled kid, and the kid beat the shit out of him. Yeah. How's that going to hold up in a court? You can't do shit. Yeah. You can't say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, deaf kid came back with a smile on his face and new hearing aids. Yep. Upgraded hearing aids. Oh, very nice. So they're a little smaller. Yeah. A little more concealable. Yeah. I guess he was due for them anyway. Yeah. But, but he had a smile on his face and he was hearing everything great and all that. Awesome. So awesome. I was like, dude, are you okay? He goes, I'm great. Yeah, I bet. Well, being able to like do that, you know, because you try, we all try to be morally, and especially in high school where some people are not, we try to be the most morally um morally correct as we can i remember um for me one of my things where i lost it and i ended up whooping on a bully was on halloween um uh kids were just making fun me and my friend carl we were like getting really into our um really into our costumes he was like a vampire and we had a chain and i was like a demon and he put the chain on me and i was like his like demon person we were playing make-believe while we were on halloween and these kids were you know making fun of us for it they were not as into halloween as we were um, so we were going around and one of them thought it would be smart to try and pull my mask off. Cause all I was doing was grunting and making weird noises and talking funny behind the mask. We were walking past him. Um, and you know, they were, every time we would walk past him, they were just hurling slurs at us. You know uh. what I mean? Insults. And one of them was walking past me and he grabs my mask to pull it off. He pulled my hair too. Uh. Yeah. So I run up behind him. He's walking away thinking, oh, yeah, I just messed with that kid. He actually hurt me pretty good. So I jumped on him, and I pushed him to the ground, and I remember slamming his face into the pavement. 
at least a couple times going, I really didn't want to do this. (laughs) But how do you get the message? I'm sitting here like, do not fuck with me again. I remember parents just standing around like, whoa. But I'm sitting here screaming, screaming like, leave me alone. Another time I had uh, one of my friends in a a headlock, and he was mad. He was trying to throw punches at me. Uh, It just – the playing turned into fighting, and uh, he he, (laughs) – I he was – I had him in a headlock. I'm like, can we not fight? And he swings up, and he hit me in the jaw so hard that uh, one of my teeth actually chipped a little bit. And so I have him in the headlock, and I start pummeling him. Yeah. In the face, his nose bled quite a bit. It's funny things where you kind of like have to uh, – uh, you might not be a violent person, but people can make you into a violent person. Yes. Let alone when you're defending yourself. And it's like, you know, as an adult, we would have to think these things through far more. You yeah. know what I mean? Because there is the whole, well, if it doesn't matter who started it. What matters is who ended up screwing each other worse. You know what I mean? And who needs to be punished for their actions. No matter who started it, what you did is what you did, and you will be punished for it. Yeah. Right? So – uh, in terms of like high schooling and again bringing it kind of back around to the public schools thing is that I remember in second grade another distinctly you know th- remembered issue was that uh, there was my second grade bully uh, had a name that could be uh, his name was Faustine and people called him Frosting uh. as a thing and uh, one of the kids I was in class with we were all just hanging out on the slide and I remember uh, this kid just turning around and knowing this kid was a bully and would come, you know, beat me up if I was, you know, if he was made fun of, turns around and goes, hey, Daniel called you Frostine. And the bully looks at me and I look at the bully like, um, A, no, I didn't. <laughs> but there was no time because this guy, kid was just going to beat me up before anything, right? right. Um, and he was the biggest kid in our second grade class too. So he just made a habit of just pushing other people around. So right. I remember going down the slide and I haul ass and I see my music teacher, Mr. DeMillo, uh, who in hindsight uh, cussed a lot more than he should have around second graders, like full-fledged shits and fucks. Nice. <laughs> great, great uh, uh, school system. Also elementary in Commerce City. Well done. Uh, I remember hauling ass to him. And Faustine gets up behind me, and Mr. DeMillo is watching him chase me, and he shoves me into the gravel so hard that I'm like, my face is rubbing in it. And, I, and I'm and i sitting up and spitting gravel out of my mouth, and I'm like, Mr. DeMillo, like, and he, he walks over, and he says, walk it off. <sighs> nice. Yeah. He says, walk it off. <laughs> yeah. And and this there's no way this could have been perceived as playing because it was probably guaranteed fear on my face as I'm yeah. hauling ass, right? Um, another difference between us is that you were a lot bigger going through high school. I did not hit my growth spurt until I was in ninth grade. I, I'm not really certain when what size I was mm-hmm. all through school just because also, I always – I always pictured myself as very small. Right, same. So, but I think I was small, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> well, it it kind of makes me think because if I look back at those old yearbooks and everything, I was always standing in the back. Yeah, which means that I was among the taller of the kids. Right, which makes me wonder if I was more of a target because I was bigger. And if you want to assert dominance, right. go for the bigger ones. The shortest girl in class was taller than me. Oh wow. I did not go through a growth spurt very quickly. No, no, I didn't. Um, And I was also a year ahead. So in seventh grade, (laughs) when these kids were hitting, you know, I was basically a year behind them. So when all these kids were hitting puberty, listening to, you know, like adult music and Eminem and stuff like that, I grew up in a very strict country music household. Ah, 
things like this. So not only did I just not know, it's just all these kids advanced far faster than me. And yeah, I wanted a girlfriend because that would be cool. You know what I mean? Because yeah. girls were cool and uh, things like that. But these kids hit these strides far sooner than me. Um, so it wasn't until like my 10th year that I had hit my peak and the girls were seeing me. Right. Right. As opposed to through seventh, eighth and ninth grade, I'm sure, you know, people were getting girlfriends that they were making out with and stuff. I didn't hit that straight until my 10th grade year. But then, boy, when I hit it, did I fucking fly? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just bam, 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 bam. Right. Exactly. I was 80 pounds lighter at one point. <laughs> but uh, that being said, um, ninth grade came around. I actually had a consistent bully. I went to, I tried to go to, was it ninth grade? I tried to go to ninth grade um, once and left. Or was it seventh grade? It was both seventh and ninth grade. No, was I held back in seventh grade? I don't, as we get older, things and the roles and the things, you just forget what it is. Blurs. It totally does. Um, basically, I think I was seventh grade that I was held back in, not ninth grade. Now that I'm like pulling it all together. Um, seventh grade, I was held back in because I, I was just, uh, they were like, make a poetry book. I was like, okay. And I uh, cut and copied off the internet. And my English teacher is like, Ooh. is this yours? And I'm like, yeah, that's mine. He's like, really? Because this is Dover Beach. Uh, that you're copying right now like one of the more acclaimed po poems about war right. you know what i mean uh so and he was like you realize this is a plagiarism right and i was like how i do <laughs> how i do like right exactly right yeah. so that was the issue and he's accusing me of plagiarism and my mom's like this kid doesn't know what plagiarism is like like why are you trying to like sit here and like hold him to like a a, a judicial standard here right. Right. <laughs> you know what i mean what are you gonna do sue him yeah. he's a kid anyways so that being said Ninth grade, throughout those years, there was a kid who poked me and called me fatty. Okay. He was short. Um, I remember we all had to leave and go to a different room for a seminar, a different classroom, and I was, like, um, getting behind. And so I took a shortcut, and I got stuck between a, a car and a fence. And I caught up to them in the classroom, and he was laughing at me. He's like, fatty got stuck between the car and the fence. <laughs> Same kid antagonized and uh, punched me in the face when he was ha having a bad day in ninth grade. This this went on for years and years. He gave me four stitches in my lip. Oh Jesus! You can probably still see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a characteristic scar. Not a lot of people notice it. Yeah. Um. I didn't notice until you pointed it out. What? Sarah didn't notice it for the longest time either, which is pretty cool. Um, that was probably one of the. That was the last time I've been like truly bullied. Um, to the point that it, like it actually like really affected me. But um, just the fact that it was premeditated for years and years. Yeah. The kid was expelled. Because it was the end of the end of the year, end yeah. of the school year, and they were on this thing where they were like, "All right, if y'all are, especially if you're a troublemaker, we're just gonna get rid of you for the rest of the year, yeah. and you can repeat the grade." He did, okay, end up doing that. Um, but uh, cops convinced us not to press charges, despite the fact that I was like, "This kid is like out to get me." I yeah. don't get it. Um, now, I wasn't entirely shutting my mouth because I was quippy, as I right. still am today. Yeah. Where they come at me, and he's just, you know, um, I tried to add him on Facebook. Um, just cause I was trying to, I'm a kill him with kindness kind of person. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, I had him, I'm like, I like used. And he says, don't talk to me, faggot. Uh, and I'm like, really? We like the same bands. And he says, I'm going to beat your ass tomorrow. Sure enough. Um, I take, I print out the Facebook pages. I take them into my principal. They're like, yeah, we'll have him in. We'll tell him to leave you alone. And, um, at the end of the day, we're, we're walking past each other. Apparently he got a failing grade in biology and decided to take it out on me. Ah. Uh. And that's when I hugged one of my friends. I turned around and I got socked in the face. I remember seeing like stars and I haul ass to my English teacher's room and I looked down and I cut my hand. It's full of blood. 
and I'm dripping everywhere. There's a handprint, and I just like I he chases me to the to the classroom, and he, and he said, "You're gonna talk shit, bitch." And I remember looking up at him like vehement, and his face just drops because he knows how mad I am. Yeah, he knows I am fucking pissed. He knows he messed up because he sees what he did to me, and I think I might have been the last person that he ever hit. In hindsight, I've seen him from time to time. Okay. Um, that was it. My my school before I went to the school I cared about. That was the school in the boonies. Then I went to the school in Denver. Everything changed. Bullies there couldn't really affect me, and I had a really good support system of friends. There was a kid trying to start with me, uh, fight with me because I was wearing girl pants. I remember um, they were sagging a little bit, and this kid was you know following me down the hallway, calling me again, faggot. Yeah. Not a cool word to use ever. Not in any situation. Not in any like it's so bad yeah. <laughs> for multiple reasons. That being said. Um, yeah, I remember my friend leaving the library and catching up with him. He's like, why is that guy just talking shit to you? I'm like, I don't know. I think he wants to fight me. He's like, okay. And he takes his gym shorts and he sags him right next to me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that kind of support system. I remember talking to the cute girl in math class. Um, we were just sat next to each other. We had assigned seats and we ended up getting put next to each other. And I think uh, there was a quarterback, big old guy, maybe not the quarterback. He was just a football player. Yeah. Fo- I don't. I'm not that into football. So every every football player is a quarterback to me. Right. Um. So this big guy, and I remember he like shoulder bumped me really hard in the hallway. I think he was mad. I was talking to the girl he liked. Maybe. And I was just kind of like, okay. I still have violent tendencies from being younger. When I'm not sucker punched, I could probably hold up pretty well in a fight. <laughs> I can get creative. I will put someone's head in the locker and slam it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's. I'm ready for I, these things. <laughs> I've always been the one to de-escalate. Right. Always de-escalate. Now, if somebody's wanting to start something, I will make the joke to try and get, you know, either get the upper hand or de-escalate or whatever. Right, right. So and when I got to high school, after middle school, Gulag and seeing the bloodiest fight anyone would ever witness. Right. I, uh, I got to high school with one mentality, get out. Get out as soon as possible. Same. Yeah, definitely. Get the fuck out. Yep. Do what you have to do to get out. <laughs> so that meant for the first three years of high school, it was year-round school because I was soaking up credits during Ooh, the summer. There you go. So during the regular year, I didn't take gym. I took gym in summer, which guaranteed that I had gym for all four years. Done. Nice. So after taking the summer session of gym, mm-hmm, gone. Never had to worry about it. Which you can almost guarantee that, you know, um, gym is one of the number one classes where you will receive ridicule for something. And I fucking hated gym all through middle school. When I got into high school, they waived my gym credits because I did marching band. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I also did marching band. I I didn't do gym once in high school. Lucky me. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, So... I And during the summer between my sophomore and junior year, I took government econ, so I wouldn't have to take that my senior year. By the end of my junior year, I had enough credits to graduate. I did not have to go for my senior year Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I went to fuck around. Yep, it's true. Yeah, pretty much my senior year was a blow off. Yeah, I I just fucked around the entire year. Nice. And there were some teachers that were like, I see what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> and it's enough fucking around some of these some of these other kids actually have to like take these seriously right because they need them to graduate so if you're just gonna fuck around yeah get out of my class so true 
kind of thing. But <laughs> but anyway, um, my freshman year was my first bout with the puppy love. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. was where mm-hmm. I met my the love of my life. The girl that absolutely destroyed me. Oh, yeah. Yep. And turned me from that puppy dog, innocent kid to the cynic. The one that would later just <laughs> tear through women because he could and get yeah, it out of his system. That definitely shit. happened with me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So <laughs> that happened. My when you learn year. you have that power, it changes yeah. you. So that was my freshman year. The summer between freshman and sophomore year was when the darkness happened. So all of my sophomore year was emo poetry and the cure on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then by the time my junior year hit, I was between my sophomore and junior year, I was just so focused. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, get out, get the fuck out, get this done and get out. Yeah. And I was straight edge through all of high school. I didn't even attend parties where there was drugs or alcohol. Nice. I was so fucking hardcore about any of that shit. All through high school. Except except boning your girlfriend all night. Not until after high school. Letting candles burn down. Not until after high school? Not until after high school. Oh, okay. Not that one anyway. That one was after high school. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. The candle episode later, <laughs> after I graduated. Right. So. Um, Man, your yeah, voice so is taking a hit it, today. It, like, <laughs> well, I've been sick all week. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No pressure. No pressure. You drink yeah, as you need to I'm, drink, I'm, buddy. I'm We're just sorry, going on this rant. So rant story. Hey, can you do the math, Brian, as to uh, how long the episode um, has been going? About an hour 20. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. okay. Cool. We're on track. So, I, I mean, and pretty much midway through my sophomore to junior year, I stopped giving a fuck. I stopped giving a fuck about what anybody thought. Yeah. That's when all the bullying stopped. That's when people started to notice me. It's true. Yep. And that's when people started to take an interest in me Mm -hmm. beyond being another plug in the... And then all of a sudden you have a bunch of friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had my core group of friends and then I started like actually socializing with more of the marching band than mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. before. Right. And I realized that a large part of them were the color guard and the woodwinds. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Which are all, and, all girls. Yeah. I married a woodwind. Yes. I mean, she was more of a metal wind. Sax. No. No. Flute. Yeah. You because, married no a flautist. I married as a drumline. I married a fucking flautist. I know. Did you not Sarah, know Sarah? Sarah, I love it? you. Sarah, <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. Okay? I just want you to know this. Hey. I love you. Hey. You don't marry the flautist. You practice with the flautist. <laughs> you marry the saxophone. But here's the deal. You marry the brass. And this is the you perfect don't, definition. You no, no, listen. You listen to me right now. Okay? I practiced on the color guard. All right? Is what happened. <laughs> All right. Color guard captain my senior year. Okay. Hot little sister, even hotter than that one. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yes, exactly. The nice thing, right? So, but even then, we talk about these things. Um, There's a reason my wife is my wife, right? And you know you have these things about your, your woman that, like, um, for instance, said uh, color guard that was the first girl. Yeah. 
Uh, she, <laughs> biggest fucking bitch in the world. You know how I found out my wife was my wife? Is because uh, fucking bitch ass color guard tagged me in a Facebook post like five years after high school. We did not fucking talk to each other. We were not nice to each other at all. And I, to this day, she remains one of the, like the worst people I've ever met in my life. Okay. And she decides to tag me while I'm with my wife now. And I took the leash off my wife and I said, go. I didn't have to say a word to this bitch, which is what would probably have like credited her attempt to get my attention is to just fuck with me. That's all she wanted to do was fuck with me. She w- she tagged me in this fucking picture on Facebook and said, ah, my first love, blah, blah, blah. She's like putting up memories, right? Uh-huh. How's that not starting a fire? My wife. <laughs> I, I let her off the leash. She messages her. She's like, you fucking stay away from my man. You, we are done with your bullshit. You do not exist. And that was the first time I knew I was going to marry her. <laughs> the, I did not have to fucking talk to this bitch. I did not want to. And the fact that she fought that entire battle for me. And I know to this day what grates that fucking bitch is that she didn't hear a word from me. <laughs> yes. Nice. First of all. Second thing. Yes, she was a flautist. You know what she did in the winter? She played cymbals in the winter percussion ensemble. Ah. Senior year, she was the drum major. Ah, okay. Did you know this? Well, then she's not a flautist. Technically not. She's still very much a flautist at heart. She still wants to whoop it out and start playing things. I did find a recording. Never mind. Okay, in the stereotypical... She played covers. She played covers on her flute of pop songs. She was very much a flautist and a good, okay, fucking no. amazing one at that. She was first chair all the time. Uh, she got the piccolo. You only got the piccolo if you were the best. She yeah. got the fucking piccolo, dude. Yeah. All right. And to, 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 to seal all that up is that we were at the same marching band competitions. Man, we graduated the same year. We just didn't know each other. My my band class was 4A. Hers was 5A because of the size of our bands, okay. right? So we'd perform. We'd be in the stands watching and waiting for finals, and I'd be like, damn, that chick in the black dress. She walking up right now. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, my God. I was like, man, one of those hot ass, but I'd never get there. I'm married to her now. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Sweet. <laughs> so flautist or not, she's my flautist. Okay. In the definitions of all of this, she's mm-hmm. the drum major. Okay. Yeah, okay. sure. Even then, and uh, I mean, a uh, 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 fucking 18, 17, 18 year old drumline Daniel would be like slapping me. Yeah. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'd be like, well, she's hot. I'd be like, okay. I don't yeah. even uh-huh. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you practice with the color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you practice with the color guard. That's what yeah. I did. And I practiced with the color guard. Mary Flattest. I think everybody practiced with the color guard. Oh, color. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm so I'm, sorry. Uh, there are a large amount of them that are just fine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just saying. Barely. I'm just saying. <laughs> Me too. Whoa. <laughs> Ryan's over there. I dated a color guard. Is that going in your in your dating profile? No. Is your mic on? Are you talking without your mic on, Brian? Turn on your fucking mic for the love of God. Did I hijack this from you when we were talking about girls? I'm sorry. No, no, I don't remember. No, 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 no. I was like, this okay. is all the natural progression. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but all right. So, my mic is on. Like, okay, webcam cool. is on. You might have dated a color artist. I might have. I don't remember. I don't remember any of my school because it all fucking sucked. It did fucking suck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, no, it's Everyone's in agreement. It's just high school sucked. I think the whole public school system is bullshit. They expect you to be just like fucking just cookie cutter. And it just, it bothers me. If my kids want to go to public school, if they fit in well there, if they don't inherit ADHD from me, fine. The first time I get a message, you know, from a, from a teacher saying, yeah, we're doing a field trip today so your kid can just stay home. Well, hopefully by the time you have a kid of school age. Yeah. We will have yeah. reformed the educational system the way it needs to be reformed. It's true. Another issue, school shootings. Uh, school shootings. And, you know. School shootings. <laughs> that might be a whole other thing. always but. been an issue. Always. The difference is, and stick with me here, mm-hmm. there's less of them now. They're just being publicized more now than they have in the past. Do you have the research to to prove this? Because this is the first time I've heard on it like this. Not on me, but I've done some of the research. I've looked at a lot of people who have done a lot of similar research. Mm -hmm. The body count has dropped. And you might say that. Now, it sucks to open this up because I don't want anyone, you know, while I would love for people to talk to us on Facebook and Twitter, the first conversation we we don't want to have is prove it. You know what I mean? So we can't really go into this like right now, especially since we're towards the end of the episode to like start this. Well, there are two universal constants that people don't necessarily realize, but it's always right there. One, things are always getting better. Always getting better. That's also very true. But they can't also Second, get worse. People always think they're getting worse. There are there are less deaths per mm-hmm. capita. Yeah. Now. There are less people starving true. in the world than in the past. Even though the population has doubled. Yeah. There's less starving people. It's a big deal. I mean, most of what causes hunger in those third world countries and everything is political motivations. Dictators control the supply lines. Now, to rewind a little bit before we get but too far off of that, I don't want to do that. And exactly, that but the, the most important thing is is for people to know that we also are more pro gun control than anything, you know, like yeah, there might be more, there might be less shootings now, but there's that whole insightful look at, you know, let's not forget that the media is also blowing this up. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um at That's the end what, of the day, it's selling newspapers. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, does every person need to own an assault rifle? Absolutely not. No. As, come on. Like, let, let's get real. If you want one, sure. I would prefer you – know, I've shot an assault rifle. My my uh, brother-in-law, my oldest brother-in-law, he's a veteran who owns an assault rifle by all means. Yeah. He can have an assault rifle. My brother-in-law's <laughs> father yeah. has a massive gun collection. Yeah. Massive. He just bought his fourth gun safe cool he's got this mass collection and every fourth of july he has Mm. his shooting range out back Uh he invites Uh over everybody to do some skeet shooting some target shooting and everything yeah and the alcohol does not come out until all of the guns are locked up it's true so many shades of it's it's just it's just being smart about it and everything but since we're getting into the gun control thing and all that brian wants to say something so this reminds me that I watched a YouTube video, and they're talking about guns like they're cats. And it's a simple way of looking about it. You know there's always this story about a crazy old cat lady, right? Right. Yeah. Guns are a metaphor in this story that they are cats. You have to be able to know how to control them 
and not make sure you're not the crazy old cat lady. And if you want a big fucking cat like a lion and tiger, you need the training for it. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. And that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's smart gun owners and then there's dumb gun owners. Definitely. And, you know, the whole thing that sparked this whole thing was that shooting in Florida on Valentine's Day mm -hmm. uh, where you got this guy literally on camera footage, people screaming that this guy is a fucking problem, that this guy is going to be a school shooter. Showing footage of him going out on his back porch in his underwear and firing a fucking BB gun trying to kill squirrels and shit like that. Taking pictures of all of his guns, doing these things, showing that he has uh, violent tendencies. It's it's unfortunate. Um, I think things are coming to light in the way they should. And maybe we can do some research before next episode before we get into this because I'm sure this would is something that people would love to see. Absolutely. See us talk about. <laughs> my My big deal with the gun control thing right now is the NRA. I agree. Mm. And I talked about this. I don't know if it was the first Negasode or not, but you maybe know. I'm not sure. But the NRA should be leading the fight on the change to gun control laws to make gun control laws make sense. They should be on the front lines being pro for gun law reform. Rather than anytime something like this happens, screaming, they gonna take our guns. Second Amendment is the only amendment. Don't take away our guns. Instead of doing that, you've got to realize that every time somebody goes into a public place and starts shooting it up, they are hurting your cause. So true. They hurt the NRA anytime somebody does that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make you guys look better. It makes you look worse. Yeah. It makes you look crazy. You get people that say, oh, they can uh, take my guns out, uh, you know, pry them out of my cold, dead hands, and it's just kind of like, uh, well, they won't have to take it out of your hand because when that guy walks into Walmart with an AR-15, he's going to shoot you before you even get to it. And let's be honest, you're not even carrying it on you. Like, <laughs> Well, I there's a guy at my work that has a concealed carry. Mm -hmm. He's he's not somebody that works for our company. He is a uh, dedicated driver. Okay. And he came in and he was like, I got my concealed carry permit and I'll carry a gun till the day I die and all this. And I was like, why? He goes, to protect myself. Like, From what? Other people with guns. Okay. How many times has a gun been pulled on you? Oh, well, it hadn't happened yet. So what's the risk? If 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 it hasn't happened, chances are it will never happen. Mm -hmm. Why do you need the gun? I mean, well, in case it happens. So you're basically prepared to kill somebody at any given point. Well, no. There's so many questions that go I, into it's this. Just, it seems like you're ready to kill anybody when at the slightest provocation yeah when you're that defensive about a gun it just doesn't uh, yeah things I don't, don't compute let's get into this later yeah, yeah <laughs> this is a deep 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 thing but. hey but you know while we're touching on it it's just nice for people to know how we feel about it and it's that uh, it's another one of those shades of gray issue yeah where we get to know each other and we, you and i are you know largely on the same page yeah. despite you know facts facts might contradict and stories might contradict we're still on the same page absolutely <laughs> Hey, Brian. So, I mean, there's... Brian's there's, giving us the wrap it up for Okay. Yeah, I need more coffee. I need long. to pee. I need to smoke. I need to... 
I need. So I just need to pee. All I need to pee. I don't smoke. Yeah. I don't need any more coffee. Yeah. That's still fine. Yeah. Let's rest your throat. I, I definitely boy. need to do that. So thank you for joining us. This has been When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at WDMR Podcast. Go to our Facebook at When Daniel Met Rich. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. It's been real. See you later. NRAB, part of the solution. Well, yeah. Whoa.